Debbie takes care of all of the decoration around the house, in the house, outside the house. She takes care to make sure that everybody has the presents bought and all the presents are wrapped. She makes sure that all the cookies are baked and all of the other preparations are well taken care of. I have two main responsibilities and she's looking, she's going, you don't do anything. What are you talking about two main responsibilities? <laughs> Welcome to Tea with the Preacher, the message series from Fairfield Presbyterian Church in Mechanicsville, Virginia. Today is Sunday, December 10th, 2023, the second Sunday of Advent, the season of preparation. Pastor Steve continues our Advent series, Names of the Messiah, with a reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. Our second name of the Messiah is Mighty God. This is a uh, season of preparation. And every, every family has their own areas that we do preparation for in this season. And Debbie and I have a very clear delineation of responsibilities on preparation before Christmas. It's very clearly delineated who's responsible for what and who's not responsible for what. It's simply put, Debbie does all the hard stuff, <laughs> and I do all the easy stuff. Debbie takes care of all of the decoration around the house, in the house, outside the house. She takes care to make sure that everybody has the presents bought and all the presents are wrapped. She makes sure that all the cookies are baked and all of the other preparations are well taken care of. I on the other hand, have two main responsibilities. And she's looking, she's going, you don't do anything. What are you talking about two main <laughs> I shouldn't have looked around at that moment. I have two main responsibilities in the house for Christmas preparations. One is I have to make sure that all of the CDs for Christmas are in the CD player. And I want you to know, we live high off the hog in the Starzer household. We have a multi-changer in ours that holds five CDs. <laughs> so I have to pick out five Christmas CDs and put them in the CD player so that we can play the Christmas music while Debbie's doing all the work. That's basically what it comes down to. But I also have the, the joy and responsibility of choosing the Christmas movies that need to be watched. There are certain things that have to happen before Christmas, and there are certain Christmas movies that need to be watched before Christmas comes. And so I have my my roster. There's two mandatory ones, and then there's some flexibility on the others. One, you have to watch It's a Wonderful Life. You can't have Christmas without the movie It's a Wonderful Life. I don't care what anybody else has ever said to you, you cannot have Christmas without It's a Wonderful Life. The second one is more enjoyable, but it's still thought-provoking in its own way. Miracle on 34th Street. The original. Not that Johnny Come Lately they put out a few years ago. That one just won't do. Now, I'm not a diehard about the rest of the choices. 
You can choose any number of, of other Christmas movies. There is a, a, a number of them that we get to choose from, don't we, Debbie? And occasionally, I do let Debbie make some choices when it comes to the Christmas movies. <laughs> so as I get my mandatory two in, then she can have, you know, the Muppets at Christmas Carol. Now that one should be mandatory as well, but I'm flexible. If Debbie doesn't want to watch it again this year, we can, we can forego it. But you have all these preparations in every house, every home. You have your own system, your own way of getting prepared for Christmas, don't you? You have little traditions and big traditions and, and things you always want to make sure get done. Things that you want to make sure you, you have set up. Little decorations that are important to you. and You want to make sure that they get put out if you do nothing else. And so we all have areas of preparing in this season. But what we need and what Mike and I are trying to do with this series of sermons during the season of Advent is to get beyond those kinds of preparations and allow ourselves to be prepared spiritually for hearing the good news of the coming of Jesus Christ. Because that needs preparation as well. The miracle of Christmas is so unfathomable that we need time for our hearts and our minds to be prepared to hear the good news of the birth of the babe of Bethlehem. And so we've chosen this, this series of sermons based upon the the names that are to be given to Jesus, given to the Messiah, as the prophet Isaiah foretold. And we're looking at each one of them. And today we want to look at Mighty God that was foretold that Jesus would be called, that the Messiah would be attributed with that nomenclature. And so I want us to look at a passage of Scripture, and I do thank Dr. Brueggemann in his little book, because I would not have thought of this text as an Advent text. I would not have thought of this text as one to help us to prepare mentally, spiritually for the coming of Christmas. But it's found in the uh, fourth chapter of Gospel according to Mark, beginning with the 35th verse. On that day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke Jesus up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he woke up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe 
and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? May the Lord bless this a portion from his holy word. This is a text that you and I have heard hundreds of times in sermons, Sunday school lessons, devotional guides, any number of ways. We've heard this story over and over again. And we usually, when we're hearing this story, we, we get caught up in the drama of it, don't we? We caught it, we get caught up in the thrill and the excitement of the, of the windstorm arising and the fear that the disciples were experiencing. And we get caught up in that, in that whole story and we picture ourselves in that situation and what would we have done? What would it have been like? And I'll admit, I would have been the first one to wake Jesus up. I would have been the first one scared to death of drowning in those waters. I'll be honest about that. I have no desire to to perish at sea. But as we get into the drama, the thrill of this story, we might miss what we need to see. We might miss what this story has to tell us about the person and work of Jesus Christ. You see, the story is a thrilling one with the disciples there taking Jesus across the water after a long day of preaching and miracles and all the other good things that that Jesus was renowned for doing. And they're taking him away from the crowds, maybe find a little peace and rest, even though it says other boats were tagging along. And this storm came up. They were tossed about and they did what naturally any of us would do, they panicked. They panicked. They were scared to death of death. They were frightened that this was going to be the end of their lives, that they were going to die in the middle of this body of water. And they woke Jesus up, and Jesus rebuked the wind, and rebuked the waters. And the wind stopped. Now, you would think that would be a good ending to the story. And that the disciples would go, glad that's over. But there's an interesting part in this that we cannot miss. But we usually do. It's right there in the last verse or the second to last verse. This translation says they were filled with awe. I think the better translation is the one that says they were terrified. They were terrified. Now, think about that. Think about that with me. They just come through a experience where their lives were on the line. It was life or death. Simple as that. Would they live? Would they die? They didn't know. They were kind of leaning towards assuming that this was the end. They were petrified. They were scared. They panicked. And none of us blames them one bit for that. But now, the waters are calmed. And the wind has stopped. 
And their response? Not relief. Not celebration. Not, boy, I'm glad that's over with. Boy, that will give us a good story to tell our kids. They're terrified. They're frightened. Because they've just come face to face with the mighty God. Now, they had been with Jesus for a period of time. They had seen him do miracles, healing, feeding people, stuff like that. But something about seeing Jesus command nature and nature obeying him shook them. This was no miracle worker kind of thing. This was one who spoke with authority to Mother Nature, and Mother Nature listened. They were terrified because they realized that that moment, in that time, in that place, in that situation, that they were sitting next to one who was God. They had seen the voice, the work of the one who said, let there be light, and there was light. Speaking again to nature and saying, be still, and it was still. They realized at that point, in that place, that Jesus was not just some prophet. That Jesus was, just, was not just some itinerant preacher. That Jesus was not just some miracle worker. They realized in that moment that this one whom they were traveling with and serving with was the very son of God himself. But they came face to face with the truth that is still hard for us to, to wrap our minds around. That is the fact that Jesus is fully God and fully human. Because what was he doing? Think about this. What was he doing in the boat? He was snoozing. Why do you snooze? Because you're exhausted and you need some rest. Is there anything more human than the need to take a nap when you're so exhausted you can't do anything else. All of that preaching, all of that teaching, all of those people that he was dealing with wore him out so that he could fall asleep on a boat. And not just fall asleep on that boat, but he slept through the storm that was happening. How tired must he have been? Prophet Isaiah told us that the one who would come as the Messiah would be known as the mighty God. And so it is that Jesus is the mighty God, able to scold the wind and the waters. And it's a challenging truth to wrap our minds around that this child whose birth we're going to celebrate in a couple of weeks 
This one who has come to us is the word become flesh. And it's a hard truth to, to wrap our minds around the thought of God becoming human and living among us and humbling himself to being born a little baby in a backwater town 10 miles from the middle of nowhere, wrapped in swaddling cloths. God became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, that's why we need the season of Advent. We need time. We need time to to begin to comprehend and to take into our hearts and our minds what it means when we celebrate Christmas. We need that that time to, to soak in unfathomable truths. We need time to prepare our hearts and our minds for the good news of the birth of the babe of Bethlehem. All the other preparations that we do are fun and wonderful and grand traditions. But preparing our hearts and our minds for the good news of the birth of Jesus Christ is the most important preparation that you Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, for the truth of his life, for the way that he showed us your might and power and your power in love. Help us, O Lord, to prepare our hearts and our minds for the rehearing of the good news of the birth of the babe of Bethlehem. Help us indeed to be prepared to experience and to understand what that all means for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Tea with the Preacher. To find more information about Fairfield, visit our website at fairfieldpcusa.org. We continue our Advent series next Sunday with the third name of the Messiah, Everlasting Father. If you like what you've heard today, we invite you to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or your favorite listening app. 